A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. I'm back. Rishi Sunak will today vow to step up North Sea oil and gas exploration to protect the UK from global energy shocks. But will it be a little bit too little, too late? And the Prime Minister has also promised drivers he's on their side. He's ordered a review of controversial anti-car schemes like low-traffic neighbourhoods and 20-mile-per-hour zones being rolled out across Britain. And Labour has attacked the Tories on their abysmal crime record, saying it's a national scandal, as indeed it is, that only 6% of crimes were solved last year. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, Great to be back (laughs) in beautiful, sunny, summery Britain. What the heck did you all do with the weather while I was away? I know where I was in Sicily, we kind of stole a bit more of our fair share with the temperatures in, what, certainly 43, 44, uh, where I was for half the week. Let's face it, that's too hot. Uh, Driving through wildfires on the motorway, hmm, not as much fun as you'd think uh, that might be. Uh, But um, I certainly think we could have perhaps shared some of the heat around. Somewhere in the middle for all of us would have been nice. And we are looking at, apparently now, from this morning, another nine days of miserable weather. Who knows when we'll actually get what used to be called summer, uh, an Indian summer perhaps in September. I don't know. 
Are we still allowed to call it that? You tell me. The rules may have changed since I've been away. Anyway, it's 6.34. Delighted to welcome political commentator Emma Revel to the show, who's joining us now. Good morning to you. Morning, Julia. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Um, there is no doubt at all today that the, the, all the headlines really are about net zero. They're all something related to you know, either, either the urge to drive towards net zero or other policies that affect people in terms of their energy use and their ability, largely to drive their cars uh, and vans and lorries, you know, people who actually do useful jobs that actually uh, help us uh, get by. Um, crucially today, the Prime Minister's off uh, to North East Scotland to give the green light, apparently, to more North Sea oil drilling. Uh, it's also obviously going to it's still shoring up the Union, Scotland's role in our <laughs> energy security and all of this. Um, no, I mean, this is a good thing, isn't it? Pressing ahead with more oil and gas exploration. Yeah, it's, I think it's a, an incredibly good idea. You know, if we're looking at not only securing energy um, in terms of our bills, but domestic energy, energy that we get from the UK that we can control ourselves, that we're not having to import or rely on other countries for, I think that's an incredibly good idea. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing no one thought of it before. <laughs> I mean, this is the thing. I mean, this is the thing. We had, um, just before I went away, we had Grant Shapps on the show. And he's got the easy energy security and net zero secretary. Mm. And... I've tackled him on it before, so I didn't bother this last time. But it's like, pick a, pick one. It's an energy security or net zero. Right now, that is not doable. Um, now, what's interesting, I think it's fascinating, is the former Chancellor, Philip Hammond, for whom I do not hold a candle. In fact, I have... I have he never takes my calls. I'm surprised since I called for him to be tried for treason because he was basically trying to undermine uh, when he was Chancellor under Theresa May, the then uh, the then British government's uh, camp, well, negotiations with the EU. He was personally having meetings with EU leaders where he was trying to undermine opposition, which I, if you're a member of Her Majesty's government, I'm, as it was at the time, I can't see it. That could be anything but treason, but there we are. But he's actually said something sensible because when Theresa May pushed through after an hour and a half's debate, never forget this, 90 minutes of debate, um, uh, uh, this, this net zero by 2050 legal legal requirement on the government, um, it, they didn't do any costings. They didn't do any sort of, you know, is it even achievable? What will it actually cost to do it? What will it cost not to do it? Of course, it, of course, the world is going to die, be on fire, be underwater, be dry, whatever it is this week. Um, if we don't do it, we're always told. But um, he did actually, when he was at the Treasury, do some numbers. And it was well, started at around a trillion quid uh, for the cost of achieving net zero. Um, he actually did an interview at the weekend say that all Tory M prime ministers, you know, Theresa May almost, have been, he's, in his words, systematically dishonest about the true cost of uh, net zero. What do you make of that? I think it's bold for him to come out and say <laughs> yeah. that. You know, it's incredibly important to say that. I think what we lack from a lot of these discussions of net zero is that it is a, a cost and benefit. There are trade-offs to be made. And are we trading off future energy security for higher prices now? Uh, you know, when we look at things like house insulation, for example, you go, OK, well, it'll cost you this up front, but it'll save you, you know, why yeah. over the long term. And people are used to having those discussions themselves. And when it comes to government policy, we too often don't have that honest yeah. conversation. Well, also, I think in the media, we don't have this honest conversation. Mm. We're constantly talking, if we don't do this, even when it comes down to things like, I mean, obviously, I know it was a big discussion last week um, when I was away in Sicily about what was happening in Rhodes and Sicily and elsewhere about, you know, heat deaths. You know, three people died tragically as a result of well, ambulances not being able to reach them um, and, and, and issues because of uh, the fires in Sicily. Um, and people would say, oh, this is awful. This is what happens with climate change, runaway climate change, etc., etc. And at the same time, four people in northern Italy 
died um, from storms. Um, so, you know, well, OK, <laughs> no one seemed to care about those people because they didn't die of the required thing. Uh, and this is the thing, all this emphasis on this, there is a cost, uh, you know, extreme weather of any kind has an impact. Extreme cold weather has a much bigger impact than extreme uh, hot weather. Um, I mean, by, you know, by sort of 10 times. Um, but it, it is it is really important that we actually discuss this in the round. Again, any money you spend on mitigating this is something you can't spend on doing that. And that may actually save more lives in the long run, etc., etc. Um, now, what's interesting is the prime minister saying that he is on the side of motorists. Um, and this is echoed in some of the front pages of the papers today. Um, this, of course, all coming after the Uxbridge by-election, which amazingly the Tories were able to hold on to Boris Johnson's old seat because the main issue became the local issue of the ULES rollout, yeah. this ultra-low emission zone that is going to spread from the North Circular in, the, in, in London to the whole of the M25 area and will impact an awful lot of people at the end of August. So he said, look, you know, they're, they're, they're sort of questioning the ULES zone, also ordering a review of the rollout of low traffic neighbourhoods, the LTNs, which are, uh, were basically rolled out uh, during ne- um, during lockdown mm. um, against the wishes of many local people. No one was even asked. But also looking at the rollout of 20 mile per hour speed limits. Um, I don't know what it's like around ra- your way. And I don't do much driving anyway, but quite happy to have 20 mile per hour around schools in actual residential streets. But even a major route, I mean, you know, a red route, bus route into into central London at the end of my road. That is now a 20 mile per hour zone. I mean, it's utterly absurd. I mean, I can't, I don't have a car in London, although I am a driver when I'm not in London. Uh, you, said, I don't, you said to me earlier, you, you can't wait to get home so you can get by. It is, it is one of the first things when I when I go home to visit, it's sort of, hi parents, how are we? We all good? Can I have your car keys, please? <laughs> um, but that's because, you know, where I'm from, you, you, there's one bus an hour yeah. and that's quite well served. Yeah. In a town, there's a lot of places where that's not the case. In London, I don't need a car. It would yeah. be ridiculous for me to have one. I can't imagine there's a lot of central London where you can go over 20 miles an hour, yeah. given the traffic at the congestion so 20 mile an hour zones don't bother me so much Uh, I don't necessarily know that they're going to be a big vote winner Um, you know it's hard for the Conservatives to go well we've stopped other people doing something that wasn't you think that's not going to be such an issue well it's it's hard to claim I stopped something from happening it's not the same as what we're delivering for you as a country. Okay, that's a fair point. But it, there is just this general feeling, and I said this to someone who's a car owner. Well, that said, I didn't buy my first car till I was thirty-nine. <laughs> again, I, you know, um, I, I, I've lived in uh, lived in in a city which I, where I haven't needed one. Vast majority of people in this country rely on their car to do anything. You can't get to work, you can't get to school, you can't do the shop, you can't do anything without without being behind the wheel of a car. And this general feeling that. The, the, the if in doubt, tax motorists a bit more, make their life a bit harder. The wagging finger, you know, oh, you, you should be driving that. Oh, you're, you know, you're you're bad for the environment. Again, all this nonsense about the ULES zone. Oh, we need to clean up London's air. And, and of course, ULES coming to, you know, they're looking at this for, for Manchester. It, it's not a London centric story. It's happening everywhere. But again, completely ignoring the blatantly clear fact you can look at any graph of, of where uh, you're, in terms of the, the quality of the air in, in major cities and quality of the air in major cities is is so much better than it was 10 years ago 20 years ago 30 years ago 40 years ago, 100 years ago um, but largely not as a result of ULES of, of ultra low emission zones but simply because cars have got cleaner which is a good thing um, and, uh, and 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 you know and, and that that is improving things but the idea this is necessary 
in any way to do anything other than raise money, which is the point of it, let's be honest, uh, from Sadiq Khan, in, 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 uh, the Labour mayor of London, is just a nonsense. I mean, there is an element where motorists have said we're just fed up with being... We're, we're blamed for everything. We're treated as a cash cow for everything. And life is just being made too difficult for us to get around. I think motorists uh, are right to feel aggrieved as if they're being treated like a cash cow. We don't have a particularly fair system of motoring taxation in this country. But I think the way we talk about it is deeply unhelpful. Yeah. I don't think there's a war on motorists. 92%, 92% of cars in London are ULES compliant. What we haven't done is talk about, actually, we should have better scrappage schemes. We should have better support. We should have, you know, en enabling people to upgrade. The point of the scheme is well, not we, to we pay We should it. taxpayers' money to fund people to... But... The, the Can't we just of, wait for those cars to get off the road? There are so either there are so many of them, it's a problem. You have to do something about it, or there are so few of them, it's not really a problem. So get over it and let some people on low incomes who need to travel occasionally inside the, what will be the expanded zone. Let them let them make those journeys. And frankly, Sadiq so can't get the hell over it. Well, I don't think anyone. No one's trying to stop them making their journeys. Yes, they, they are. If you no. charge someone twelve pound, if you charge somebody who can't buy new this cars twelve pound fifty a day, you are trying to stop them make that journey. We shouldn't be talking about the scheme in those terms. We should be talking about the scheme in the idea of a ULES is that no one pays it. That is not, it's not supposed to work like that. You're encouraged to get yeah. a better car. I agree there should be better scrappage schemes. There should I'm be more sure awareness of that. And Sadiq would Khan love to buy a new car. Should sure stop talking about it. It should stop be, it's being presented as from the end of August, you will be forced to pay £12.50. Yes. We could talk about it in an entirely different way that doesn't focus on the money and then it wouldn't feel so much it's like we're It's really, being really attacked. easy to not focus on the money if you've got a spare £12.50 a day. It's if you want to go really and visit easy. a relative or take them to hospital or, or you need to do your local, local shops just inside the, that zone and you've got an older car. I, honestly, I just think this is cloud cuckoo land. But 90 plus percent of people who live in the ULA zone won't be, who yeah. have cars yeah. won't be oh, paying but There's it. some other stats on this that actually show there are many hundreds of thousands more people who live just outside who regularly do drive in and can't. My thing is, it, they're, they're doing it to... Come on, Sadiq Khan is doing this. To, I don't want to get too London-centric on this. They're doing this to make... Because it is... Wherever you live, it's coming to you. Trust me, you will have this in the next few years. So fight the battles right now. This is about making money. Same as congestion charge in central London. It's about making money, fundamentally. What do you make of the climate czar? One of the, one of the many people on the... <laughs> sodding taxpayers payroll uh, saying that a meeting over the weekend that two, tw by tw the 2030 ban on new sales of petrol and diesel cars is too soon. 43 Tory MPs and peers have signed a letter including the likes of Greg McKinley and Lord Frost um, for the Prime Minister to move to a 2035 uh, deadline which is what the EU and the US have done. Um, I would still say that is too soon but, but better news than 2030. Would you agree with that? I think it's difficult because it was 2040 and then they brought it forward to 2030. I don't necessarily know what, other than an arbitrary deadline. I don't know what impact that's had on take up. It it may have had a fantastic impact on take up. I, I think and it I don't clearly know. has not. I think the figures show the sales of EVs are down. But at the same time, how we talk about that is important because what people think it means is a ban yeah. on owning those vehicles. No, it's not. It's a ban on buying, buying new, new one. ones. I'll tell you what I'm going to be doing the day before that ban comes in, <laughs> whenever it is, is buying a brand new diesel car. That's exactly what I'm I'm going to do. The biggest breaking news stories, an outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio.